Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond Eight Figures. This is AJ, the journeyman entrepreneur, with another Beyond Eight Figure episode for you. On the show, we talk with top entrepreneurs about the realities of building an eight-figure business, what success really means to them, and hear from them about some of their winning strategies and tactics. Tune in to each episode to learn how to grow your business beyond 10 million, and more importantly, create your own personal legacy. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a good day. I have Timmy here, and we're going to go and cover a couple of things that have been happening that not have been happening, but some of our recent guests have been bringing up and a repeating pattern we've noticed with the concept of setting an intention by the entrepreneur to bring into the business. We've seen this a lot from entrepreneurs who've been successful that either after a previous business or under some form of external stress or change in the growth of the company, they realize that they want to bring more of their intention of what they want to do, the concepts they want to create from a social benefit point into the concept of growing the company and use that as part of the growth fact or the focus of how they're growing their company. I know this is a little rambling. Sorry. This is something I've had difficulty doing over the years. I've struggled because at times I feel setting intention is either a little kumbaya. I'm sorry if it comes across that way, but I feel a little woo-woo-woo about it. But I also find it difficult to truly express what I'm trying to do and the benefits I'm trying to create in my company for my employees, for our customers and for our community at large. So given Timmy's experience, you know, as a COO and working with her own company and her own consulting, this is something that I think will be very useful. Part of the reason why I hired her to work on my company was her experience in doing this. So without any more rambling, let's get into it. Hi, Timmy. How are you doing today? Hey, AJ. So how's everything? Yeah, it it has been a while as I'm traveling (laughs) all over the place. How's the Canary Islands? It's amazing as usual. Still sunny, Uh, still not too hot. I'm I'm loving the the digital nomad life, as as now we call it nowadays. How's mm -hmm. the U.S. treating you? After a year and a half of not being able to come back because of COVID, it is so, it is so, it's, wait, this is my country? And (laughs) so I'm excited to be back and, you know, but the biggest thing is like taking my kids from one one grandparent to the next to one pair of cousins to the next. This is really good because <laughs> I've been in pure parent mode for a little bit. So to actually sit down, take a breath and be an entrepreneur and talk business with you has been like the highlight of my week. I've been really <laughs> excited. Extra to be support. To <laughs> it's, oh my God, I get to use my brain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're not the only one who feels like that. (laughs) Yes, parenting has its own special magic. So Mm -hmm. yes, very much a balancing act. I want to pick up on something last time you came on the show, because I want to do this a little more. With your background, and one of the reasons why I know I was so excited to be able to bring you on board as my right-hand person, as a CEO of the new company, Insight Labs, which is coming out of beta, and we'll talk a little bit about about that in a bit was your background in working to help build intention-led businesses. And this is something that I think I know a lot of entrepreneurs like me who've bootstrapped sometimes feel like there's it's all over the place when you talk about intention. I don't want to say hokey, but there is that kind of, oh, you need to do this. And sometimes a little bit of reading of tea leaves. But as some of our audience has been reaching out to us about our recent guests, and I know I've been excited, we've had some very powerful entrepreneurs on the show recently who have used her set intention and are using in a process of intention-led business to really do some amazing things. There was Jeff Epstein, who after selling Ambassador and sitting there with some of his previous business partners realized during COVID there was this opportunity to create a new company with onboard to smooth out as a SaaS program to smooth out the onboarding process for companies. He, rather than just jumping in and running to create a a new company, really took 
some deep thought into what was strong and what was weak in his previous experiences and is using that to set a really employee first company, which was interesting because we had both. Natalie um, as well, I believe, right? Yep. Natalie Nagel with Wildbit, who actually started the whole people first (laughs) job search, job board, and that whole type of concept. And, you know, she used the whole thing of hitting a growth plateau, her and her husband, and running while they hit this plateau and realized they wanted to go deeper into the type of company they wanted for themselves, which meant more of a people talking about their employees and really focusing on how they can make it better, which, of course, that was a great episode in reality. But then, you know, talking about People first is Stephanie, yeah, Nadia Olson when she was on with We Are Rosie. And We Are Rosie to me is just this amazing concept of creating a company that is providing flexibility and sort of opportunity for so many people beyond in the marketing space, obviously, because yeah. that's what they do, but like creating a really great thing and intentional there. So creating a total I would value. Like to, yeah. That's what I was going to inject a, a real yeah. quick on to that because when we speak about like setting your intentions in business or, or creating or even running businesses with the right intentions, basically, it can yeah. sometimes it can be a little bit confusing and people be like, what does it mean? Do I have to be a hippie or do I have to be this or say the yes. word? No, none of that. It, you can do like little ch- changes and little things to, to make a, a positive impact within your industry, within the customers that you are serving by fixing a problem or removing a headache from your clients or potential clients, or even just collaborating with the, the relevant experts within the same industry and creating communities. Basically, in, I would say setting your intentions right in a business, you just have to take a moment and really look at what is it that you genuinely feel passionate about as a person and you feel that you would love and genuinely would love getting involved with fixing some kind of a problem or make things a little bit better. And then look at your business to see how I can use my business as a tool to make that positive change. It can be as little as creating a community and finding connecting the right people. So all of these amazing entrepreneurs that you mentioned, and they were recently the guests on the show as well, like they have all been basically creating value in one way or another. So that's if I would need to define like what intention even means in business. Just figuring out like how you can create value that is genuine value, and you're not doing it just for the the PR hype or to make you look <laughs> to make you look good because that sometimes happens as well, right? Yeah, and what I and I think this is maybe I can back up and explain like why this has been resonating with me, and then in the process, I sold my last agency, and one of the things that have been fun, <laughs> fun, but then I realized it was getting frustrated. As we got bigger and bigger, I had to constantly hunt as an agency head larger and larger companies to service because we were bringing on more people and we were trying to do higher and higher levels. So I always felt like we were constantly hunting for larger billings. And some of the more interesting companies we had early on that were large companies for us had gotten to the point where their billings were so small as we got bigger, we weren't able to service them in the same way as a larger companies. We service them the same way. We just couldn't keep going and providing them the same level. And that had been a frustration for me. And then after I sold and I went off and was a roaming Ronin and just as a virtual CMO and then an advisor for some private equity and a couple of VC shops, I realized I was just out there for the highest bidder. And it's great. Look, very small violin to play when someone pays you a lot of money (laughs) to tell them that marketing plan looks stupid. I wasn't working with the type of businesses I like, which is those companies that kind of have just gone out of start up. They're just building and they're focused on growing to become better long-term companies. Definitely bootstrap. For me, it's that magic of creating something out of nothing. Entrepreneurs who do that, the men and women who do that to me are fascinating because I've done it and I love the creating value. (laughs) So, you know, my intention really was to build this company with the right, not just providing the right type of reasons to grow better over a long period of time, 
but find the right type of customers and build the right type of team where the team was involved and they would become. That to me was just a loose personal intention in working well, with you. Yeah. yeah I'm going to ask you real quick just to segue this a little bit even more. So with your intention, when you came up with the whole idea of creating this company that you just described, you know, you knew already the kind of people and the clients that you wanted to work with, but why them? What was driving you personally? What was your intention behind it? Do you feel something passionately about helping those people at that stage in their career? (laughs) Having been in agency life forever, and I used to joke up until obviously selling my last agency, I worked with very large global 500s. But the joke had always been with my own companies, we worked with the small groups within the larger companies. And that was fun because they always felt like they weren't getting the the full attention of their parent company or whatever. So we were able to do some fun, exciting things. But as we got bigger, what I was realizing, and I won't use any of the, we worked with the three largest global CPG group brands out there. Yeah, it was a lot of fun with non-competes on there. But one of the things that was really frustrating is you would do all this work. We built a team that really did some amazing work with data and media and all this. That We got some really great results, but those were blips. There was nothing to the company. Maybe the biggest value we maybe did was make it easier for a product, you know, VP or whatever to get a raise or yeah. maybe hit a bonus point. Not that and, opening in the long term, I think, personally, is it? Yeah. Finding ways to do that, it just doesn't... In the end, it was fun and exciting and building the concept. But as we went higher and higher on our clients, even though I really liked the people we were working with directly, the realization that the bigger we got, we had less and less impact directly into the long-term value of our customer, our clients. What could yeah. you maybe could have done different to make sure that all mm-hmm. everything that you built up, that you sustain it as a meaningful business that's meaningful to you? I think some of it is looking at the marketing advertising space and agency specifically and the kind of this constant climb to go up the value ladder and the type of clients you're working with because as you work, It's this idea that the typical way is you build up and then, as I did, you get scouted out by the holding companies and they either buy you, invest in you, blah, and then you fall into their loving embrace and get acquired. I went to private equity, so (laughs) less fun, but more and more More time. (laughs) Yeah, longer and it worked better. But I think it's the type looking at that agency and looking at the thing. So who you would focus on and the services you're doing. I was building and I had some true, literally one of the women who was running our data lab, for lack of a better term. We had a bunch of names, whatever the client likes, we kept changing it. She was the first data scientist, even though she doesn't call herself, but she was the first data scientist to be at one of at ages 40 under 40. She graduated college at 12. She was a true, like when you say wow. genius, yeah. she was certified genius. And I built teams, especially when you do it in a city like New York, high end, we were going higher and higher, which cost higher and higher salaries, higher and higher everything else. So we had to keep going up. So looking back now would be like, was the idea of just constantly growing? Was it going up that ladder? Was it chasing this typical thing. I think what's nice compared to when I started in 2006, my last business to starting now is there's more understanding of, I think when you look at the people we've had in beyond eight figures and just entrepreneurism, there's still this whole drive of like entrepreneurism is about starting something, getting funding and going to that, or there's these patterns, set patterns. But what's becoming more and more obvious out there is there's very little patterns. There are groupings of people doing different things, but there's the only set thing you have to do is make money. Yeah. As long as you make money, you can build your business any way you want. You know, there are legal true. constraints. <laughs> so yes, we are not going to do a mafia business. It's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not yet, <laughs> not yet, not yet. Yeah. Well, you know, I have an off. All right. Sorry. I know. We're I'm all over on. the place. Yeah. Um, it's a different podcast. <laughs> but going and saying, all right, this then gets that concept of intention. It's, you know what? I don't have to do a business just this way. Given that I'm now looking at some of the guests, and this is why it was so great to listen to their story 
series and seeing that there are all different situations where they started bringing in intention to their business. It's like, wow, if I want to do this and I know I can provide the value that I believe is yeah. necessary in this part of the marketplace that I want to enter, I can do it the way that I think is worthwhile. I think it's just difficult for some entrepreneurs like myself who maybe we don't have the background intention or realize we've seen some stuff like this and it's changed. But like what led is this whole idea of where can we just create more value that means something in the way that I know people I'm working with and for two-sided part of that equation are going to get value, more value from it over the long term than just moving a couple of numbers up a little bit on a chart. Exactly. And I'm just going to tell you off a little bit now because one yeah. sentence that you just said really caught my attention and I, I can't agree with you on that one. You, you said that maybe you don't have the background or the experience in running businesses with an intention. I don't believe that's true for anyone ever because you don't have to have experience we don't have to have a background in that you have to have a drive simple as that it's all comes from within you if you if it's attitude if nothing else you can be a highly successful entrepreneur you can be running a highly successful business if you don't have the intention in you if you don't have the attitude as a human being that actually i can use my business as a platform as a tool as a guide as an aid whatever to create some kind of better value in the industry in the community in the environment there are so many different ways that you can make an impact through your business and personally for me it took me quite a few good years as well to figure it out that I don't have to separate these two I was always very driven to, to make an impact to change the world and do something great I'm on a mission and then I also love businesses and I, I love the entire business world and for me personally it was a long journey to figure out how to combine these two and in recent years, I started doing a lot more research on this. I, I love market research, call me a proper geek, but I just love looking at what's actually out there. But I could really see a rising trend yeah. in people looking for running meaningful businesses. I was just doing a simple search term, like keyword research as well on Google as well, to see, look at the trends over the last five, 10 years, just to see any pinpoint, any behavior changes in how what people actually are searching for on Google when it comes to businesses. And it was a very clear indicator. And if you look at it for the last 10, 15 years, that there was a bit of a shift in how the entrepreneurs actually start their own journeys. And maybe it's a generational difference. I'm, I'm not sure. It could be something to do with it. And as the world is changing, it might be something to do with that. I'm not sure. Yeah. And I think there is something to that because there are mission-led, intention-led. There's all these terms. But basically, I think there's a couple of just if you are running a business and you want to bring more meaning to it or you want it to be more than just the pure profit motive. Now, the thing is, I am definitely the case. There's no point in building a business, creating a business, if there's not going to be a way to make money from it. I'm That's with like, you. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the, uh, it then doesn't, so we're not. It's not a business, yeah. it's a hobby. Though I think then looking through the range of everything from just having more intention to running a corp B, which is the US, and I think UK has another type of thing. But the US is the almost like a social benefit company, which is still for profit. And even some not-for-profits that have very heavy profit or not profit, but revenue focused ability. You're looking at these concepts. I think it gets very close to what we talk about in Insight Labs, the long-term benefit to thinking about these things is setting the foundation of what you're trying to do and measuring yourself against that on a regular basis. Not just so you can, as I do all the time, as yeah, I've talked about, I bang myself for not hitting all the huge goals I want and all that. But the reality is it's helpful to see your own progress from when you started, but then also to see what you can learn from this process using data. Yeah, sorry to cut you off, which was really nice to, to what you're saying, is that you, it was a couple of hours ago, actually, we had another chat, and then you mentioned that one of the reasons that drove you to start Insights Lab as well is to help businesses to become a better businesses overall, and not just to yes. have them grow just financially, which is obviously that's 
a key element when you want to grow your business and scale up your business. But one of the intentions there, and it's just basically what you described right now, that's what I wanted to, to interject real quickly, that the overall long-term goal for any business, doesn't matter what niche that you are working with or which industry that you are in, that have a look at like how are you making either the industry or the service a little bit better or even your team or what sort of improvements you are creating with your business it doesn't have to be something large you don't have to change the word as i said earlier but yeah are you making even your customer's life a little bit better are you making your entire industry a little bit better by say setting higher standards because you are driven by quality for example so these are many like different little aspects you can include in there and there was one sentence as well that stood out for me and it's a quote that you said again about a couple of weeks ago i actually have it in front of me i've written it down at some point so i just bring that up for you i know you are your favorite style I'm, i'm writing down your quotes you did say this sentence that the moment they reset their business with a new intention i think it was when you were talking about uh, we are rosie one of the obviously the previous guests it was uh, stephanie that we had on the, the show before and you mentioned this one sentence that people can actually take some time to reset their existing business is that what you were saying There's no set path. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what I found as someone who likes to research and talk about entrepreneurship. That's what I like. But I know that's frustrating as an entrepreneur to go, okay, just tell me how to do this. What we've seen from talking with people on the show, there are different moments you know, that happen. Jeff Epstein, like I said recently, it was his experience of building and selling ambassador He got the company to the way he wanted to, but he had a lot of bumpiness at first. And it took yeah. took a long, long time before he found the right people he wanted to work with, the right partners, everything. And then all of a sudden it clicked. He realized when the opportunity came to start onboard, and I keep what wanting to call it onboard, he realized that if he took what he learned from near the end, this is part of the entrepreneurial journey, if he took what he learned from that inflection point an ambassador and baked that in from the very beginning and focused on the right type of people, the right type of relationships. As he's defined it now, that's a little bit different, This, but like he saw that as something right from the beginning to create his next company he wanted the way he wanted with the right intention. Exactly. Natalie, this was, when we look at this, it's, we have this whole wild bit, Natalie Nagel, They just, they were building her and her husband and they had a team. They were building this great product led company. It was growing. And then all of a sudden it plateaued and they weren't sure where that was going to go. But like they used that concept to dive deeper into what they wanted to do and what they hoped to see out of themselves in 10 years, what they wanted to achieve. But they realized they didn't want, from a personal point, their achievement, they didn't want to come on the backs of other people suffering. I don't think yeah. that's the right word. They didn't want to see other people have to lose out so they could succeed. And that was the genesis of People First Company. And if you look at that job board, they brought other companies into that whole concept. And that's really pretty cool. And then, you know. Multiplying their impact already, right? Yeah. So it's, oh, okay. So some of it is from the beginning. Some of it is an inflection point. I think it has to be, once again, as we talk, it has to be personal to the entrepreneur's journey. You I was know, just going to ask you about that, the yeah. journey, because I know how much I always love this. the journey. <laughs> But, you know, Jeff Epstein shows it. This is a guy who did a lot of little things with some micro successes and some failures and all this, and then built this really cool company. But the funny part was, it was a company that kind of did no little bit and did okay for a while and then rocket ship. He wasn't it wasn't just like that typical up into the up into the right. It was like okay, it's cool, it's nice, it's working and then he reevaluated and changed and then all of a sudden there was this huge opportunity and sold quite well. Yeah, you know, he was able to sell that- it. And all of these stories that obviously are bringing back up, these all these recent guests that you've had a, a, a few chats with, that I'm noticing a pattern. I'm not sure if you see it yet, but basically all of these great entrepreneurs, it all had to come down to what they wanted personally, because that's yes. what you are saying. Like It had to come down to that major breakthrough or that 
pivot even within their business came down to the fact that they, they took a bit of a, a step back and they reevaluated where am I even heading with my business? What am I doing? And why am I doing this? And I could talk about this for hours as well. I love this topic, like the human behavior and, and uh, or like the, our psyche and all of that. But that's probably the key element or ingredient for that, right? Yeah. And what I find so interesting is intention, mission are these things that they usually, most people think you just declare them and they live and you struggle to find ways to make it part of your company. But the reality is it gets tossed to the back as things get crazy or things get busy. But as we're doing insight labs and we're helping companies build better companies to grow faster, longer, we're seeing that measuring, trying to help them grow in the right way. It's figuring out what you want to do, looking at the data, but then also finding ways to look at the qualitative side. Now we look a lot at, from the growth perspective, what are the movements? What are the foundations? Intention is just another type. If you have an intention that is similar as setting your own objectives, aligning it and measuring yourself against it, even if it is just a qualitative piece, because like I said, if you measure it, you can learn it. You can learn from it, not learn it, learn from it. And that's the fun. I think in working with you, I've been more excited to, okay, we're going to bring in a lot more intention. We're going to, as we grow, we can't make it all happen all at once. I would love to, but, you know how impatient yeah. I am. <laughs> yes, but we need the business as we come out of beta and we, we're now bringing on some new clients, new customers, and we have new people join the team. So it's, okay, some of this is we have to set the right type of culture, but then how do we measure that? How do we bring that? How do we evaluate it? You keep growing that as well. You can have yes. your intention, but that's and that's something that I see many businesses and, and entrepreneurs fail on that, or they lose their sight or lose their track. I'm not quite sure what's the right expression even here, but even when they finally figure out like how to bring their own intentions into their business objectives, and that's how people should actually be setting their own objectives, business objectives, very measurable business objectives I'm, I'm, I'm talking about here that has to be aligned with their own intentions, either what drives them, what their values are as a person. They have to be tied together with the business objectives. But what happens over time, as you said, you get busy, you start growing the team, you now suddenly deal with all these different suppliers, all these new customers, great growing pains, lovely problems to deal with. But what usually happens is the core mission that what your actual intention is with that business and what sort of impact you want to create through your business gets pushed to the side. And as I, I referenced to this at the uh, beginning of this conversation, that it often becomes just like a PR stunt. Are they locking down the building yes. behind you? Ben? <laughs> that is, they literally are like carting vending machines. Literally when I set up, there was no one down here. I'm this surprised that fun. today my neighbors are not drilling. Like in the last few days, yes. it's usually this time that they start drilling. So it can still happen. It can still happen. But yes. don't worry. <laughs> Entrepreneurism happens wherever you are, no matter what the situation, and you just keep rolling with it. So it's the, it's we hope finder. our sound engineer, our sound engineer is very good. So we hope that this is, you're going to be like, why are they making fun of this? Um, <laughs> but I have a sneaking suspicion there will be some, it's a some challenge. noise it's a challenge. on this. So it's we fine. will uh, reference that. Yeah, we are people. No, it's, it's a real life. These things happen. It's all good. <laughs> uh, well, you know, look, I know we've had people on the show who are doing some build in public. I find it my waspy. I have a mixed heritage wasp and a gazillion other things. But I find it hard sometimes to crow about our successes, our efforts, but I think it could be interesting. We'll put some stuff in the show notes there and start talking about where we are since we're so early in the type of intention we're building. But then let's make sure that with our next conversation and then ongoing, we talk about not just where we're progressing as a company in our ability to help other businesses grow faster in a better way, but also where we're doing on our intention and maybe even using something like the people first or people first company motto, not motto, but their structure as a guideline. And of course, take it in whatever is appropriate to us. 
But like I said, my goal is to really create this thing that we are creating opportunity, not just for our own customers, but for our team and our partners to continuously grow. Now, there's a lot of, yes, there's a lot to be defined in that and accountable to because that's a lot of words, but that's, I think most entrepreneurs start with, wow, that's what I feel. But then when they're pushed to start defining things, it becomes difficult, like doing better. That's nice. That's a great phrase, but what is doing better mean? And what is it that you are doing better? (laughs) You know, and I freeze all the time when I'm asked that type of thing. And it feels strong when you think it or you say it casually, but when you actually bring it in to be part of an ongoing part of your business, not just saying it out there, but like actually making it an inherent part of what you're doing. Let's just say you've grilled me a little bit off camera on this and I'm like yes and all of a sudden I feel like wait I I thought I was articulate I'm really feeling yeah wait did I graduate kindergarten here Uh, I'm not sure yeah it becomes difficult to really define that because it's one thing to have feeling and intention and now I'm using that term in a more general phrase to then have an intention-led business and I think that's why I'm so impressed with people like Jeff Natalie it's like they took it from, oh, I want to do this to actually make it happen, making it part of their, not just making it happen because we, it's pretty easy to also look at businesses that are doing really cool things, but that just happen cool things for their customers, for the environment, for their community, etc. But to have that actual structure as part of the business and the movement, almost like looking at some of the corp B, the benefits led companies out there. But that's, I think that's a next step up. Yeah. When you look at that, you're really more looking at a couple levels above that around, hey, I got the, I got the business off the ground. I'm no longer just struggling. So look, we got something. There's people we have. Uh, what do I do now? Just so to give like, it a heads up, I have major plans. So don't, you don't need to worry about it. Yes. I get stuff just at the lift off stage. So I'm sure that's because no. we can, I'm going to hold you accountable we for have. this. And we do a follow-up call yes. maybe in about a, let's say give it a year or, or six months. And then we see like how hmm. far we've come so far. That would be cool well, to do that. I think definitely for that. But I think let's also do on a monthly. Let's just use that as, let's bring it in and we'll just have like little touch bases just so you guys can hear a little bit of how we're using and some suggestions of how you can use guests, insights from the guests, their conversations. We've actually had some of the guests send us some interesting feedback on new things that they're working on or just deeper pieces from our conversation. So we'll be sharing those too. But the idea is to come on and talk about, all right, this is a little bit about what's been happening with Insight Labs and also Beyond A Figures. Behind the scenes, the actual business of this that we are picking up from the guests, how we're trying to bring it in. I'm going to be completely embarrassed and completely cringe to actually be talking about stuff in public, but this would be fun. But then I think as I've talked with some of you in the audience offline, it's just this idea of how do we use what another entrepreneur has done? And as I like to say is you don't copy, you steal. You you (laughs) find things that resonate with you and then you make it work for you, which that that doesn't give you any guideline. The word still doesn't resonate with me so so much, so I'm aware of this. But I would say we can make it ours now with a bit of a more intentional twist to it. If you're on subject already, like how about we say, don't just copy what you copy and make it better. I think too often there are too many people out there that just do this and they give you thing or entrepreneurs who are starting off or even some people along the thing who all they're doing is trying to grab processes or stuff from other people and copy it and then wondering why they're not getting the same results. And it's, look, everything out there you need, you can find someone else has done. There's very little unique out there. So the trick is if you're going to copy, you can't just copy and paste. You have to copy and edit. And to me, copying and editing is stealing. It's, you got to <laughs> take the concept, put it into your own environment. And that's where... And that goes back to pretty much what you were saying. And with these this three amazing entrepreneurs as well that you've had on, that we have on the cast, like Stephanie, Natalie and Jack previously, that what they've done, like none of those businesses are, as you said, are like they haven't reinvented the wheel, basically. It's nothing like new under the sun, basically. But they really made it theirs. 
and they put that personal twist to it and made the whole concept fit their own needs as an individual, as an entrepreneur. I'm not talking about as a character or as a person, but who you are as an entrepreneur. What actually it is that you want to achieve with your career or, or through your business. And that's exactly what all of them did. They found something that was like burning this passion inside them and they moved that into their business. And they are, as I said, made it part of their structure, their culture, the entire, even like down to their operational uh, little processes. And what I find in looking at those examples and then also what we're trying to do, I think there's just one thing in how other entrepreneurs can be looking at their business. Natalie, Stephanie, and Jeff are all looking at, now they have broader concepts of what it means to be intentional, but almost to the point, their foundational intention is creating this better environment for their teams. Exactly. And as someone who's had I've had many businesses, but having sold three businesses, you realize very quickly there's you working, hiring people and building a company and stuff. It's wow, it's great. These people, the energy and all this. But there's also this, oh my God, this salaries and the bills. And it's you have this pain and the pleasure. And if you don't build as someone who has made them, has had issues with growing too fast and doing it, what all of a sudden the cool part of out building a company is the amazing people you work with. The bad part is the stress of keeping it all alive and keeping it moving. So at times it can feel like in conflict. And I know I had that issue and I've talked with other entrepreneurs that it is. So it is really interesting to see these successful entrepreneurs really put the team as the foundation and then extending out. And they're not doing it against themselves. They're using that as a way to actually also help themselves long-term to hit their own goals, their own guide, where their own objectives are from a personal point. It just requires that extra bit of thinking and focus. As we move forward to making tell you how well I'm doing. <laughs> You're doing so, so far, so good. Um, trust me, you will, you will hear about me. It feels weird. It feels weird to say, you know, like I'm doing well. What? <laughs> believe, okay. believe it. Believe it. It's all good. I was going to say something when you were talking about the teams and how just how important uh, and well functioning and, and well motivated uh, a team actually is. And I can't remember if you actually said this. I want to say it was Richard Branson, who I highly, highly look up to. And I really want him on the show one day. So please make this happen, AJ. But I think he said that your customers don't come first. Your team comes first because if your team is not happy, you are not going to have customers to serve. Yeah. All you have to do is look out and it's different marketplaces, but definitely here in the US, there's all this talk about people not wanting to go for low end jobs or like restaurants that pay the bare minimum they have to pay are finding it difficult. We're looking because I have children. Summer camps is something that I'm very aware of because I'm sending my children to summer camp. And it's not that camps are having to close because of COVID. It's just that camps are closing mid season because the counselors are leaving during the thing because they don't feel they're being treated well so like the camps our children are going to are like talking about how well they're treating their counselors and how they're doing all this cool stuff because to a certain degree yes this is economics and whatever but the value of a worker is changing in the economy it's typical balance but i think it is interesting looking at bigger it is this kind of concept that there is more your ability to provide extra value as an employee as a contractor as you know someone involved in an organization has a higher value than i think it did two years ago absolutely you know i think more and more organizations are realizing wait it's not just plug and play one of the things that's exciting to me is that a lot of the not the four hour not timothy ferris with four hour work week himself Mm -hmm. but the people who copy the four hour work week concept yeah and they built this thing i had someone who was like oh that's such a the job description i used to hire you Uh, that or you found and we had we started our conversation they were like oh that's so cool i'm gonna do you mind if i copy i was like sure go ahead and they did it but with a thing like one thousand dollars a month and it was just like (laughs) wait you want this super high-end super creative and you're wondering why you're not getting good people because people do think that talent out there oh we'll just go russia we'll go yeah we'll go to philippines we'll go this and it's okay people those types of businesses to me they end up feeling hollow they feel very short term and what they They also don't realize that now especially in the last couple of years like remote working has been the rise 
rising trend anyway. And then the last year or so, obviously, it exploded quicker than planned. But that's something that actually created a lot more opportunities for employees and contractors and freelancers. So even people who maybe up until the last year or so, maybe they were not actively looking for this, they have an array of opportunities in front of them. So if someone yes. might be a good fit for them and it's a cool and exciting opportunity to, to work together with a specific business or company, if they're not willing to financially appreciate the value they can bring into that business, they will not going to have a problem to look at as well because the world has basically opened up for it doesn't matter where you live anymore now. This has been on the, as I said, on the growing trend anyway, and now it has really accelerated. So I don't believe right now that businesses are in the sort of winning position anymore versus has they were previously in the hiring process because I think even employees and contractors have a lot more options or maybe they are more aware of I think that's the better term of saying it they're more aware of all these new options as well and that gets back to using intention because I think also employees are getting better at understanding fluff. Oh, we are people first company. You got to work 60 hours and blah, 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 this, and you get nothing. Yeah, that's great. Your companies are under, uh, employees and partners are understanding more what the realities are and realizing that difference between you talk it, but you don't walk it and then companies that walk it. Because you see it in the way, the copy of the website, you see it when you even just talk to someone junior within a company, higher level of engagement, just that little bit of extra thought. It takes a deeper breath because for me, it's always feels so hard until we actually do it. And you, when you get me to do it, I'm like, uh, we start, I'm like, no, it's going to take, my brain's going to melt. And then all of a sudden it's, oh yeah, hey, let's, let's make sure this is happening. Oh, hey, hey, yeah, is Nikki here? Okay, good. Yeah. And it's, so thank you and making it easier. I think this idea that one of the reasons bringing intention into it is it helps bring the right type of talent to your environment of what you're trying to create. If you want, we maybe should have said that way, way early, there are benefits, not just feeling good about it, but there are benefits to it because talent is becoming, the game of entrepreneurship is your ability to bring other people to bear around your problem, your solution. I always call it your Tom Sawyer moment. How do you get other people to paint that fence? Exactly. And, and do it over intention. and over again, not just do it once and yes. walk away. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there are some really cool ways to paint a fence. How do you bring it? How do you bring that joy to the moment and then rinse and repeat? That is where setting intention and not just who we are. It's how are we a good company? How do we make sure that we do this? How is this recognized that we, that we do the things that are right to our team? How do we take those steps? That's the stuff where I'm learning and that's the cool but part. But it's a fun lesson, right? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> One thing that you so. haven't mentioned yet, uh, because we spoke about already specific entrepreneurs that they featured on the show previously. We spoke about, like, obviously the team and the employees, the contractors, like, obviously, yeah, the engine as well that helps you to get there with the right intentions. But one thing that I think it's worth mentioning as well that once what intentions are driving you and what intentions you want to bring into your business, it will also have to not just attract similar kind of talent into the business, but it will attract that kind of customer base and that's very and that's yeah. probably what has happened with you in well, your previous agency that you stepped away from the ideal client which is the kind yeah. of people you wanted to surround yourself. the client we enjoy and there is no maybe it was the ideal but an ideal client ideal customer base etc there is no ideal for it, it changes over anything i'm saying we moved because i wanted to bring on this higher capability we moved off of the fun customers who basically they needed lesser stuff than the cool crazy data media you know we had our own trading we did cool stuff but the problem was to do cool stuff sometimes requires a clientele that isn't by setting an intention, you build businesses that bring the type of people to your team and the type of customers to your team. And it was funny, even as you were saying that, it made me really think about a Stephanie, Stephanie Olson with We Are Rosie, because she's even using it for her business model by building this whole environment that by having this you know, concept, they have created a super agency. I don't know how you would say it, but they've re-engineered the concept of an agency, what looks like a freelance cloud, but is actually a cloud of engaged rosies, since <laughs> they use that term. Yeah. 
<laughs> still, I still feel sad going back to the episode with that, that her older daughter is like, why didn't you name the company after me? And your dog is called Rosie but, as well. <laughs> Just yes, on the my dog, yes, I have, yes. She made a guest appearance on the team call this morning. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah. And building a whole company and building the business model around that intention is an interesting thing because it's, yes, it is a way of looking at a marketplace and not just serving as, as I said earlier, the way that people say you should do it, but building it in a way that you think is worth doing your intention. And then all of a sudden using that to create a new model to be able to support that. Yeah. That's what's really cool. I think Stephanie Olson is an amazing, she's winning awards left, right, and center for how cool the company is. But it really is, as you're looking at this and you're thinking about it, bare bone basics, it helps you bring on better people. Next, it helps you better define the type of people you want as customers and service them better so you yeah. can help grow your company faster along with all the tactical structures like we talk about in Insight Labs. But then also that we'll call it black hat level, the expert level is completely build a unique business model to really take it to that next level. Exactly. So that's what's cool where you can go down this. Yes. Set your intent that you are making it part of your journey. There's one thing I would take it to, to the next up. And, and, yeah. and I'm not going to ask you a question now, believe it or not. I would Good. love <laughs> to ask a question to our listeners because I would love to hear like what their intentions are. Or maybe depending on where they are on their journey so far with their own businesses, are they already running a business? If yes, what are the intentions behind it? What's the sort of impact they want to actually make with the business? Or if they haven't thought about this, maybe now could be the right time to, to take a, a few minutes and I would love to hear the answer. So maybe you can just message us directly or reach us also on social. But please, I'm so curious. You have to let me sleep. If, you, if I don't hear your answers, I'm not going to sleep for weeks now. <laughs> okay. What we'll do is, I know we've had some people reach out talking about intention and what they're hoping to do and just asking for more talk on the show about it. But what we'll do is in one of the forthcoming newsletters, we'll shoot out different things we've heard, both re-referencing the people we were talking about, but then also some of the intentions, some of the people in the audience have talked about building in their company. As I mentioned, I love data. So I want to see like, is there like a top two category or top three? Well, all right. (laughs) I'll talk quickly. We have the one research piece. So one of the things we're doing with all these amazing entrepreneurs and you and the audience, all the great things you've been talking with us about is we're doing a we're doing both a qualitative and a quantitative breakdown of what are the sort of all right I'm being broad but we're looking at the tactical changes you did with or the changes within your own entrepreneurial effort to transition from a seven figure to an eight figure entrepreneur and yes that's a little broad but we'll define it a little bit better in the research we have our own internal expert research and as yes, she's the x factor she's our in-house super mutant so we're looking at different concepts of how entrepreneurs who have transitioned those like me who've come close and then done an icarus and fallen back and where are things that i could have learned and then others who are trying to reach there what are those transition points and what are things you can take to make those transition points easier or more consistent so that's a cool piece but i think then afterwards because we'll definitely be doing intention talk and then bring things in over it but doing a deeper dive into intention doing research we'll make that our next one these things since we're small business for now we're not hubspot that we can it's amazing what they crank out and every week there's like a gazillion pieces but we're still so it will probably be every quarter or so that we get some of these research pieces out there the first one is the transition efforts around moving for what are the main things to do to look at not to do but to look at as you move towards seven to eight the next one will be what are the intentions and how and when do different businesses bring them in i'm gonna bet as a hypothesis on my point that it's serial entrepreneurs are more likely to bring intention in earlier so people who are earlier in their or like on their first business or whatever they will probably tend on some sort of like we saw with stephanie or natalie some external factor yeah. where Jeff has had multiple businesses and multiple successes and failures. He brought it into his next business. 
where Stephanie, this is her first, Natalie, this is like they used external transition points to call it, call it that. We'll just, <laughs> I have to find it. An external, cat, some catalyst event to use to define and better deep. They probably had intention right from the beginning, but they use this to go deeper and to really make it a more consistent part of the business. Just to bring it to so the I think it would be interesting. Yeah. When we do the research that repeat entrepreneurs will probably bring it into their later businesses earlier than those who are, oh my God, I just need to get this moving. And then, oh, it's moving. It would be nice if we actually did this better. I think we can do a better job though. I think something tells me they, neither one of them are the, like, I'm like, ah, they were both so smart and so dedicated. It would be interesting for us to do it. But I think an early hypothesis is this is something that you need to have that previous experience to do, but you can bring in at any time. You can always get there. So also in the as, audience. Just, your skills as well. Yeah. And then I, I think as a, a bit of a closing for, for this uh, lovely yes. chat, I was going to just, just mention one last thing that it's all about what you're just saying about the experience. And I, I fully agree with you as well that people, especially if you are a born entrepreneur as well, and you have that sort of entrepreneur blood running through your veins, you will, after like maybe many different trials and errors, you will get to that point when you're like, you can do business, you can start another business, and it no longer is going to become a fulfilling challenge because you, you know how to do it. You can, as you said, you copy paste, you do the same thing over and over again. So on a personal level as well, I feel that this is also contributing to that fact because you need a, a more exciting challenge. You need to do something that is a little bit new and like using what you said earlier, like something that maybe you haven't got that much of a background, you know, that much of an experience in it. And this is probably maybe the next milestone for someone who's done it all. They know they can do it many different versions in different industries with different themes, whatever you want to call it. And it's just no longer about profit anymore. You can make profit. You can make money doing everything nowadays. It's not difficult to make money or just make profit. But creating something that is going to be valuable for someone else or for something else now that's a challenge and i hope there's a lot more entrepreneurs out there who agree with that and they are impact driven like us and i i can't wait to see how we will explore as well chat with us yes <laughs> i'm looking forward to that cool. timmy thank you so much thank you as well um this has been a lot of fun um i hope everyone in the audience i hope the background noise hasn't been too crazy because it's gotten quiet ish again <laughs> i'm off to the an Apple Genius Bar oh, to look, try and find out why my battery is dying in 30 seconds. It's a lot of fun <laughs> for you. <laughs> yes, got to move, got to move, got to move. But no, thank you again, Timmy. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you for I sharing. can't wait to talk more about this. All right, I'll talk with you in a bit. Thank you, everyone. All right, everyone, good luck, and we'll be talking soon. Bye-bye. This episode of Beyond Eight Figures is over, but your journey as an entrepreneur continues. So if we can help you with anything, please just let us know. And if you like this episode, please share it with someone who might learn from it. Until next time, keep growing and find the joy in your journey. This is AJ, and I'll be talking to you soon. Bye-bye.